The following is a RackRadioShow.com exclusive. This is the undisputed future of WWE. Seth Rollins, and you are listening to The Rack on Wild Talk Radio. You're listening to The Rack Extra Reviews with Lindsay Ward and Sir Rockin. And welcome to The Rack Extra Reviews right here on wildtalkradio.com. He's Rock, I'm Lindsay, and we're back with a review. But there's just one problem, guys. It's an awesome book, and it's just there's just one problem. True tales from the former one-time seventh most powerful person in WWE, Brian Gewert. I appreciate this book. This is a fun book. I love this book. <laughs> this is a very, right off the bat, a very easy read. Which, you know, it should be. Brian Gerrard has been writing for a long, long time. And he tells his journey in this book um, the entire time. He tells us how he got started, what he was doing, and how some things were make or break for him. Including working for WWE during their MTV run, where he was approached to create you know little promos that they would air on mtv with some of the wrestlers we 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 heard that story right off the bat in in this book but yeah this is a really good book by brian gewertz very enjoyable and if you're a wwe fan you learn a lot about the backstage stuff it's a nice perspective introspective slice into what life backstage at wwe was like in Brian's time there. It gives you a really good view of sort of the process, which has really always kind of been a mystery to people, especially in Vince McMahon's WWE, which, as we know, is no longer a thing. So this is a wonderful view into what it was like to work for him, what it was like to work with some of the best talent in the industry, some of the biggest stars in the industry, and just some of the general chaos. Because you hear rumors and you hear speculation and you hear all kinds of things, but to actually like see it written down, especially in such a frank and easy to read format, is fantastic. Yeah. I love it. I love everything about it. I love how we got the introspective about how, you know, the FFL started and who was involved <laughs> in producing the vignettes and coming up with the ca- the name of the camera shot. Oh, yeah. They spent like a long time trying to figure out like the, even like during rehearsal trying to come up with with the name for what is the the, the camera shot that the, the NFL stole from the XFL. Um he, Brian talks about that and how that was all involved and how, what the schedule was like for the writers and especially for him when the XFL started up. He, he was, they were the week of the XFL launching. They were in Las Vegas. They were still trying to produce television and, and everything. So they were filming vignettes for the XFL, the promos and stuff like that. And they still had to write Raw and they wrote SmackDown. It was him and Bruce Pritchard who, Got stuck with a lot of it. And Michael Hayes was the other one who were all involved in trying to like put this whole show together. And you get some nice stories about the XFL and how the, um, his name's Matt. I forget his last name because it's a hard one to pronounce. Um, I believe it's V. I, but anyway, he talks about how he went up to, to um, he was compl- talked about his complaints about the, how the XFL was going and the announcing and stuff like that. And, well, that didn't work out in his favor at, at one point. But 
you get all like the little scoops and stuff like that in this book about just you know it's a wrestling book and you go oh you get xfl stories yeah yeah you get some xfl stories and he even talks about how he got he was told to take a day just to relax and he went was able to gamble and just sort of do things and watch an episode of TV and just all these things that you normally don't do because he's on this in such intense WWE schedule that he was able to take a day in Vegas. It's, it's a very interesting stories that, that you hear in this one. Another thing I liked, hmm. and Brian talked a lot about it, Wrestler's Court. He talked about his, yes. ex- he talked about his experience in Wrestler's Court because it was brought up he was brought up on charges along with Edge and Christian because they became friendly and I believe Edge gave him a gift of some sort and you're not supposed to take gifts from the boys. And well, he detailed the entire story, what happened and how he was on trial and how Edge and Christian got their, wormed their way out of it as only Edge and Christian could. And yeah, it's a really fun story and it, it kicks off the book. So right off the bat, you get really good dirt that you never really normally hear and you see how the you know the undertaker's the judge and all these people get involved and how many opinions you know they get spoken up in these wrestler court you know proceedings it was a very fun story wrestler court is always that mystery that you kind of hear about and you know people like lightly touch on it because obviously what happens in wrestler's court stays in wrestler's court most of the time as it should as it should you know, we don't need to know that, but I like how he has a sense of humor about it and how he talks about it. Because you know from his perspective, he's like, WTF? What is this? I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> he thought he was done for at one point, just because, you know, it's Russell's court. And he, 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 court. he screwed up. Um, but yeah, it, it's really it's really fun hearing some stories. You also learn some secrets. You do. Like, like the time Vince Russo was brought back to WWE for like a couple of weeks and... All the outlandish ideas that Vince Russo had. And he was like, Brian had to be like, okay, okay. Because Vince asked him and Bruce to just sort of like listen to what Vince Russo had to say and sort of like filter through it all. And like, because the head of the, the new chain was going to be Vince Russo was going to be the head of everything. Even though, um, was it Bruce? And, it was, I'm trying to remember if it was, it was Bruce and, and Brian or Brian and, and Paul. Paul Heyman, that is. Either one. I think it was Brian and Paul. I don't think Bruce was... Because wasn't Bruce out? Wasn't he, like, with another company at that point? I don't remember, because a lot of these names get brought up throughout the book, so it's kind of hard to always remember who was where at what point in time. Also, he mentions, you know, how Paul Heyman challenged him to a fist fight on a plane. And then Shane McMahon... Which is, which is amazing, by the way. Which is amazing. Shane McMahon took him into the, the bathroom to not talk him out of the fight, but to show him how to throw a punch. Like you do. <laughs> that's how you. Su- that's how friends support friends. Make sure it's you like- turn. Make sure you turn to the sideways when you, you when you go for the punch. Um, and he talks about all the Alanches ideas. How Vince Russo came in and him being the head of creative, which was I think on dot com they said at one point it was announced and they never normally announce it. And then how they kind of made him okay. Now you're just a consultant, and then Brian would have to hear his ideas and sort of filter them out and three weeks later Vince Russo was gone but <laughs> which I'm honestly really happy that they never went through with that and they they ended up getting rid of him no offense to Vince Russo but that was probably for the best and Vince then went to TNA a few yeah. weeks, a few weeks later and we all know how uh that went um but you know this wouldn't be a Brian Gerwitz book without talking about his boy DJ aka Dwayne aka The Rock he talks all about how, you know, 
he got paired up with The Rock and how The Rock was, you know, talked about the details about how The Rock scripts things and, and whatnot, but The Rock is very non-scripted at the same time, but they go over everything and would involve all the people and how Brian would give certain ideas. And the one infamous, infamous one that he gives is the promo everyone remembers. It's all about the game uh, and the 20-minute promo uh, and all the uhs and how he had to pitch it to... um. How he pitched the story to The Rock and how then they went to Vince in front of Triple H and DX and pitched the uh bit. And The Rock's like, tell him, you do the voice, Brian. You did it before. And Brian's like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and then he had to do the Triple H uh, impression uh, in front of him. Uh, and eventually, you know, it, everything became okay between the two. But, you know, that that's how you get he and... Brian got some heat with the boys, especially with the other most famous promo. The one where yeah. The Rock The Rock did it for the people and our the whole Armageddon one where he mocked yeah. Austin, Taker, Kurt, and, and Rikishi and all them. That one got him heat because while we all loved it, <laughs> the only one who kind of approved of it was um, Kurt because that's the only one he ran it by. <laughs> so like, <laughs> But it was such a good promo. Like That's the thing was... It was. It's a fantastic. If you've never ever seen it, just just go look it up. Just go watch it. It's it's hilarious. Like The Rock does an amazing job with it. Yeah, it's a fantastic promo that they were able to come up with. But yeah, that gets gets heat from the boys because you're basically making fun of the entire you know group, and everyone was like, no matter what was said beginning or or the end of it, they all remember the middle of that promo where he mocked everyone, and they were, they were upset that. It's hell in a cell. He didn't take it serious, even though the beginning and the middle, he, the beginning and the end, he did. The middle is what everyone remembered, because we still remember it 22 years later. That's how good the promo was. And then there's the one other thing he talked about, and there's a lot of other stories, but there's one other story I wanted to mention. Yeah. We learned about the finer details about Katie Vick, how oh. that, that whole story came together. Oh my lord in heaven! It's. I'm not going to tell you what the whole story was about. You have to read it for yourself. Go make sure you read this part of the book. But you get all the insight about Vince McMahon's vision and how this is what he wanted to see about it, and how everyone else was no pretty much against it. <laughs> everyone was against it, including Hunter. But he's you know he's a company guy. He he did it. But it was one of those things where. Maybe we shouldn't be doing this. And how the whole angle kind of flipped around and changed. And you get all the details. And he tells a lot of great stories. He tells great stories about how he, you know, just working his way up and, and stuff like that. And you get all just stories about all the people we mentioned. And, and, you know, and then some. It's a really fun read, as I said at the beginning. It's a very fun read. Especially if you're a WWE fan. Because this is now peeking behind that, that curtain and you get the stories. All the it's not all the juicy stories, but there's some good stuff in this one. Because not everyone's gonna tell the these stories. But Brian did and that that's a great thing. I like that he did. I, I appreciate that he did. It makes me happy to know that like somebody involved with Katie Vick, actually a lot of people involved with the very infamous angle of Katie Vick, were like, mm, maybe we shouldn't <laughs> and they did it anyway. Like some people just there, there was taste level there because if you watch it, you're just like, 
what were they thinking? Because it is probably one of the most horrific things they've ever done in WWE. Um, so it's good to know. It's good to see in Brian's book that he, at least somebody was like, you know, let's, let's, let's step back for a second. Let's, let's have a conversation. Let's talk about this before we do this. Because, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, this might be bad taste, but in the end, it is what it is. But the book is fantastic. It is on sale today. Um, by the way, respect to the cover artists who did the cover. I love it. I love the vector art of everybody on it. It's great. It's bright. It's colorful. Like Rock said, it's easy to read. It's a fun read. If you just, you're, if you just have, you know, you just want to fill time. Just sit there and read it. It's great. You'll get lost in it. I promise you, you will. Indeed. And we'd like to thank our friends over at 12 Publishing for providing the book to us for this review. Like we said, it's on sale today. This is August 16th. So is it fine bookstores everywhere? So please go check it out. Buy it. Enjoy it. Love it. Tweet Brian and tell him that you loved it because it is an awesome book. Indeed. Make sure you follow us on social media at Rack Radio Show and at Wild Talk Radio at Lindenwood as well. Make sure you listen to the Rack live Thursday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern over at RackRadioShow.com, WildTalkRadio.com, at Twitch.tv slash WTRLive. Thanks to our friends at 12 Books for providing this amazing thing to us. We appreciate it. Thank you to Brian Gortz for the amazing book. Like I said, everybody go check it out. That does it for us. Everybody, you can follow me over on Twitter at Lindsward, L-I-N-S-W-R-D. So for Rock, I'm Lindsay Ward. You've been listening to the Rack Extra Reviews. There's just one problem edition right here on wildtalkradio.com, and we will be back very soon with another review. Till then, bye. Bye.